0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. How's everyone doing out there? We good? Yeah, man, we're real good? yeah, everyone feeling good? Everyone feeling happy to be in church? Cool. Man, I love church. Um, I love what happens when we meet together, and it's just a real awesome vibe. And man, I just love what you do with the service leading tonight, Jared, just with that encouragement. I know that I was encouraged in that time, and getting to pray with my dad is always a special, special time for me. But I love that every row in this place is filled with incredible people, yeah? Look at the person next to you and say, you're incredible, We say that a lot, but we really do mean it, and I love the culture in this place, the culture of love, and, um, you know, I believe that love is one of the, like, the single most important thing that we can learn to do on earth. You know, I believe that our sole purpose on earth is to, first off, love God, and then second, love each other and love ourselves, and so I'm so excited about the series that we're in. Um, I love what one commentator said About God, He said, God is fundamentally and essentially love. He is not merely loving. And so God is love. There's no separating love from God. He doesn't love people. He doesn't uh, do love as part of something, his job description. Like God is love. That's who God is. And I'm excited about that. And what I love, um, and I bring this up probably most times I preach because it's one of the greatest revelations I've had in my journey with God is that God put love in motion. Like, when you look at the story of Scripture, I'm going to hold up a Bible. Everyone seen one of these? Yeah? We're all millennials. We've never really seen a real Bible, right? Yeah. Um, But I love that God set love in motion. You know, like, in the beginning... He created the heavens and the earth, and and while he was doing all of that, he thought of you and I, and he created us, and he loved us, and even when we went off the rails a bit, anyone here been off the rails? No, we're all Christians, sweet. Uh, Even when we messed up, like God still made a way, and in his love, he sent down love, which was his son, Jesus Christ, to come and show us what true love meant, and then in the greatest um, act the world has ever known, he... Uh, died on the cross so that we could know the perfect love of the Father. That's cool, right? Coolest thing ever. Yeah. And so tonight, what I want to preach on is love moves. Here we go. And I was actually uh, talking to my friend Ricky this week. Ricky Becker, that stud. He's a stud. And and Ricky said to me, he's like, we had a coffee. We had a real cute time together. It's probably one of the greatest coffees I've had in a wee while. But he, he said this, he's like, oh, so what are you preaching on? Like, trying to get in my world a little bit. I'm like, oh, hey, bro. I'm preaching on love moves. And he looked at me real funny and he's like, love moves? You're sharing on love moves at church? Like, like, like guy and girl? I was like, nah, bro. But I was like, I'm going to use that on Sunday night. Thanks, man. Oh, so. Hats off to Ricky, one of the most creative, funny, child guy I've ever met in my life, man. You're hilarious. Yeah, so who's ready for the Word tonight? Are we good? Am I, can I read some Scripture? Is that going to be okay? Yeah. Before I do, what I want to say is, like, what we're doing in church right now is something that has been done for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, when we open the Scripture together together when we pray together, when we take communion, when we worship like we were doing tonight. This is something that has been done for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I want to encourage you tonight to not underestimate this moment that we're doing right now, because we are really we're creating a platform where lives can be changed. And so as I read the Word tonight, let's really get excited and expectant in our hearts for what God's going to do. So turning to Luke chapter 19, here we go. And it says this. And he entered and was passing through Jericho. Talking about Jesus, capital H. And behold, there was a man called the Zacchaeus, and he was a chief gatherer of taxes, and he was very rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was, and he was unable to because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. I'm looking at you, Ricky. Sorry bro, I love you man Sorry bro And and he ran on ahead and climbed up Into a sycamore tree in order to see him For he was about to pass through That way And when Jesus came to the place He looked up and said to him Zacchaeus, hurry and come down For today I must stay at your house And he hurried and came down And received him gladly And when everyone else saw this They all began to grumble Saying he has gone to be the guest of a man Who is a sinner, God, I thank you for the word tonight, and Lord, I pray that you would bless these words. God, I thank you that you have gone in advance and prepared every heart and every spirit for what's going to be said tonight. And God, I just thank you for joy in this place. God, I thank you for an excitement, Lord, a new level of freedom in this place like we've never known before, and all as people said, amen. Hey, I want to tell you a story tonight, and then we'll come back to this. Tell your story, and it's a story about this young girl whose name was Anita. Everyone say Anita. Anita. So, Anita was this beautiful wee girl. She had dark hair, she had big, deep blue eyes, and she lived in a place called Sumatra. Can anyone tell me where Sumatra is? Earth. Earth 616. Uh, and she lived in this place called Sumatra, which is an island off the coast. Of Indonesia and she was a very like her family were very wealthy her parents were aristocrats they had everything in life they were so wealthy he was that guy that would hunt tigers as a sport so man that's pretty cool except it's not because tigers are endangered now so not good but he uh he lived and they lived in this place called Sumatra and uh this wee girl Anita she was about six years old And her parents said, hey, look, we're going to move back to the place that we're from. And it was Holland. And so they hop on a boat because then they didn't really have airplanes. This is way back in the day. And so they're traveling along in this boat. And the boat ride just took weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And over this time, this wee girl, six-year-old girl, Anita, beautiful wee girl, she gets sick on this boat ride. And they arrive in Holland and she's, she becomes bedridden, like she struggles to eat, she struggles to talk, like everything is just slowly being taken from her. And so Anita's father and, the, and her mother, they try and like bring in every medical professional they can find, they try bringing, you know, every like profession and, and medicine and, and nothing is working, like nothing at all. And they're gutted and six months goes by and she's just bedridden. She can't eat, she can't talk and she's got a few days left to live. And so the father, he storms out of the house one day in desperation. He's just angry, he's frustrated, he's tired and he's like running out of money because he's just spent all this money on you know, funding like the medical bills and he's just so upset with life. And he goes on a train and this man next to him uh, stands at and he says, hey man, how you doing? How's your day? And this guy says, like he just shrugs it off. He's like, I don't really want to talk to you. Like my life's pretty crap. And, uh, and this guy says, hey, I know that your daughter is sick and I can help her. And this guy stops. And he's like, what? And he said, yeah, I'll come to your house at 7pm tonight and we're going to fix your daughter. And so this guy's got no other... Hope he's got no other chance. And so he invites him around at 7 p.m. tonight. And so true to his word, the man comes, 7 p.m., knocks on the door, walks in. He walks into Anita's room. He lays hands on her for 10 minutes, and he mumbles some words. No one could really hear them. And then he gets up. He goes to walk out the door. And uh, he says, I'll be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. We'll do the same thing. And so he comes back to the house, true to his word. 7 p.m. on the dot, He walks into a room, lays hands on beautiful we Anita, and he murmurs these words. No one quite hears them. He stands up, and as he's walking out, he says, same thing tomorrow night, 7 p.m. And so true to his word again, he comes back, 7 p.m. And this goes on for weeks, goes on for week after week. And every day, beautiful we Anita seems to just get better and better. She begins to be able to talk more. She begins to be able to eat. She begins to be able to get out, like get out of bed and walk about. A total of three months goes by. This guy's been coming around 7 p.m. And it's now at the point where beautiful We Anita can run about. She's completely well. And as this happens, this guy is never seen again. Pretty cool story. And I love this story because if that didn't happen. Man, I'm not going to get emotional. If that didn't happen, then I wouldn't be here today because Anita was my grandma, um, my dad's mum. And tonight I'm talking on Love Moves. And I love the story because it's the story of the love and the faith of one man who saw a need. He heard something in the spirit and he went in and love moved in that moment. And so tonight, yeah, give it up for God. And so I believe that, you know, love, you know, when love sees, it demands a response. And that is love moving. And so we've been doing this series at the moment. Last week we, uh, we had Nat Patterson bring the word. Who was there for that? Amazing word about love being brave. And she shared, uh, you know, the testimonies of when she was just away on a recent trip with her husband. And, you know, she was forced into these positions where she would have to be brave and radical in her love for people. And we also, like Jared said, kicked off the big give. And, man, I just want to say thousands of dollars was given from you guys across all three services at Thrive. Just like I just want to clap, you guys. Let's all clap together just for the faith of you guys because it's amazing. But I want to encourage you. I'm preaching tonight. I'm sharing tonight. And uh, we heard last week's message. And we've got two more to go after this. And I want to encourage you truly, Hone into what God's saying in this time. Like God's going to do some incredible things through um, our 21 days of love. And so really hone in and, and get in on what he's doing. Um, yeah, so I want to encourage you, like love requires action. And you know, over 40 times in the gospel it says that Jesus saw. But then more than that, it says that Jesus moved. It says that he moved with compassion he moved towards the crowd. Like whatever it was, Jesus moved whether it was in healing because he wanted to see people connect with love. You know, there's seeing and then there's seeing the way Jesus saw. And that's the kind of seeing that requires a response. And I've had this thought all week which I want to share with you guys. And the thought is this. You know Jesus to the level that you live and love like Jesus. And so over the next 10 minutes or so, let's, let's explore that together. And so we'll come back to our text and the story of Zacchaeus. And it begins like this, up on the screen. It says, he entered and was passing through Jericho. And so my first point tonight is this, that love moves toward a target. Do you guys know those times when you're, like, in a supermarket and there's, like, you're walking past all the aisles and you see someone down the aisle that you need to go down? Like, you really don't like that person. And so you quickly, like, hop along to the next one, hoping they didn't see you. Not in this room. Not No, everyone's... Yeah? I forgot we're all Christians here, guys. Sorry. But, you know, those times where, like, you see someone you really don't want to talk to them. Or, like, maybe it's that kid on M Block that you really just... That person really just, I didn't go to, ring your high, is that right? M block? Is that a thing? Yeah, sick, sick. I put that in and I was like, it's got to be M block. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mitch. That was where you hung out, eh, bro? Yeah, sweet. Nice. (laughs) Nice, Robert. Nice, Robert. But it says that Jesus was just passing through you know Zacchaeus was um it says that he was a chief tax collector says that he was super rich and this time if you were super rich it means that probably everyone hated you these like the the Hebrews were like these people that were completely under oppression from the Romans and so this guy obviously sold out and he went for all the money and he was um cheating his own people. And so Jesus says that, you know, the word says that he was just, Jesus was just passing through Jericho and he sees Zacchaeus. And it says that he'd come from Jerusalem. So we know that he'd walked like a couple of hundred kilometers, which is like no small feat. Whoa. pun. I didn't even mean to do that. It was no small feat. And he was like, he was walking along, you know, prior to walking a couple of hundred caves, he'd been telling like stories Um, people had been coming up to him and being like, can you heal me, please? Like, just all these things, man. And I could just imagine Jesus, like, wanting to, like, finally arriving in Jericho. He'd heard about this sweet ass four-star hostel that had really good rates, also really comfortable, and he's like, I'm going to stay there for the night. And uh, But he sees this guy on his way, and he's like, man, I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't want to talk to this guy. But instead, he's like, He talks to the guy. He does what we all should do. He's like, hey man. And the passage says this, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately for I must stay at your house today. And so love stopped at that moment. Love stopped and it saw Zacchaeus and he stopped and he talked. So let me tell you tonight, love looks past the condition and love sees the way God sees and love moves Toward the target, you know. I'm convinced that as Christians, you and I, all of us in this room, that we and and globally, I mean, like we need to look past like the mental baggage, the emotional baggage people have, the physical deformities. Like no matter what it is, we need to look past that exterior and love people and see people the way God sees them. And I love um, the saying, "Quote me, learn to see people differently." so that you can learn to love them extravagantly. And we need to see people the way that Jesus sees people. And so the the story carries on in verse 3. It says, He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran and climbed a tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So the first point is this, love moves toward a target. And my second point tonight is this, and it's my last point. Maybe I'm not as Christian as all the other preachers out there with their three-point sermons. My second point is this, love moves with faith. You know, Jesus boldly moves towards Zacchaeus with faith, and he believed for transformation. And I want to encourage you tonight, like I said earlier, learn to see people differently so that you can learn to love them extravagantly. And then you can believe to see that transformation. And the end of the story goes like this with Zacchaeus. It says, all the people saw this and began to mutter. He's going to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything I'll pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, for the son of man came to seek and to save what is lost." This is an incredible story of, you know, love seeing and then love responding, love moving, and then later came that transformation and i want to encourage you that this is what our mandate is as christians our mandate is to to love the one and you know as a church we talk about this often but we want to see 10,000 people impacted by the love of god as a church this undoable not really it's pretty hard like 10 000, like 10,000 i don't know if you've count, like counted this like 100 times Hundred or something. I don't know. It's like a, it's a lot of numbers, a lot of zeros. But we want to see 10,000 people impacted by the love of God. And what that takes is for you and for me, for us together as a church to band together, to really like love this community and be bold in our love for others. I love what it says in John 15. It says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain. In my love. Or another version says, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And so, how can we love like that? You know, that's the question I think often. How can we love like Jesus loved? It's a pretty high standard to live up to. But in a few verses earlier in John 15 5, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, and if you stay remained in me, then you can bear much fruit. So, it's not by copying what Jesus did, that we bear fruit, but it's by connecting to his vine that we can bear a lot of fruit. You know, Jesus, inviting, Jesus is inviting us here in this passage to join with him, and it's not something that we get to imitate, but it's something that we get to participate in. And so again, I want to encourage all of you over this time, let's just really hone into what God's doing. And I love what Jesus said on the night of his betrayal. He said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By the way, you have love for one another. Um, let's get the keyboard up. Thanks, Dylan. Man, you nailed that timing, bro. Woo. Uh, and why don't we all stand to our feet in this moment as well? You know, the story of Zacchaeus is something that we can so easily translate into, like, our context. You know, that we all know Zacchaeus in the world, like, there's, we all have someone that's I'm not talking short, I'm not talking like super rich, I'm talking kind of the like the lowest of the low, the I want to say the scum of society, the, the person that needs more love and more attention than anyone else and I love that Jesus saw a need and he moved and then was he saw a transformation. And, you know, as I was thinking this week about, you know, I was thinking of an analogy I could use. I was thinking about our phones. Everyone's got a phone, right? And, you know, like, as you go about the day and you begin to, like, lose battery on your phone, and it gets to, like, 5 or 6% and you're, like, freaking out. You're like, oh, my gosh, us millennials are like, man, we know all about this. It's at 5%, it drops down to 4%, down to 3%. And, like, we're running about the house trying to find a charger. You know, Doodle Jump needs to be played. Instagram needs to be checked out. All these things. And then it gets down to 2%, down to 1%. And, like, by this time, we would literally break into our neighbor's house and steal a charger. Like, that's how how desperate we get. And I was thinking, you know, just, you know, how desperate we are to find the charger and to plug in, you know, that's the sense of urgency that we need to have for the lost, for the people in this world that need to be loved. And just as Zacchaeus needed that love, just as Anita, this is her Bible, this is my grandma's Bible, by the way, just as my grandma Anita needed that love, so our community needs our love. And it needs you and it needs our, and, and myself to move on his behalf, to be his hands and feet on the earth so God right now I thank you Lord for the word last week about love being brave God I thank you for the courage that you've instilled in every heart in this place and Lord would you encourage would you inspire us would you give us that boldness to see the need and to move on your behalf God Lord, we're open vessels and we want to be used by you for your kingdom, Jesus. Thank you, God. Let's just stay in this moment too. With every eye closed, maybe you've heard me talk tonight about the love of God. And maybe as I've been talking, you've been thinking, man, this is something that I feel was a void in my own life. You're like assessing yourself you're assessing your heart and and your spirit and you're thinking man this is something that this is a gap that I need filled and I want to encourage you tonight that Jesus is really the only person who can fill that void of love and so if there is anyone in this place who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior what I want to do is I want to in a few moments just open up this time for people to respond And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, you would like to receive Jesus into your life tonight. Why don't you lift your hand right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you for the hand. I love that the word says that the gift of God is eternal life. And so in exchange for a bit of boldness from us what he does is he gives us eternal life thank you God alright well, I'm just going to pray right now and if I could have everyone repeat after me dear Jesus I thank you that you died for me I thank you that you love me I thank you that you want to spend the rest of your life with me Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Forgive my sins and wash me as white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone, said? Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been really cool to be sharing with you tonight. What we're going to do is we're going to ramp it into a praise song. So why don't you come up the front right now and let's get ready to praise him together.